Sculptor and social historian Dennis O'Connor has created a love letter to his home of five decades, Waiheke Island, in the form of a bright red post office. The last post office houses P.O. boxes for dozens of local people and places of interest, including Marxist HQ, the Marmite Tree and Menthol Gym. Inside the building will be a treasure trove of pictures also relating to the island's rich social history. The artwork is part of Waiheke Island's upcoming Sculpture on the Gulf event. We have pictures of the work in progress on the Standing Room Only webpage for you. Well, Dennis O'Connor says it's a tribute to the many standalone post offices that once operated on the island. I've been here for 50 years and I have had this house for 50 years and I have used many, many of them. They've all gone. And what we're left with now is a counter at Take Note, you know, the stationery shop in Aniroa. And um, so many of these buildings are still standing, but they're used for other purposes, you know, club rooms and etc. So, um, you know, uh, Waiheke Island was really well served for post offices and um, they've all gone now. So, you know, I'm deeply involved with the social history of the Haraka Gulf and have been for ever since I came here. I've... I've I've got a monumental archive of of material to do with, um, you know, the history of this part of New Zealand. And um, my own archive is gargantuan uh, mail delivered to my letterbox from friends, curators, um, other artists um, from all over the world and all over New Zealand. I've pretty much kept everything that's come through my letterbox that has been handwritten in my archive. So um, last year during lockdown, I started thinking I need to do something about this. <laughs> you know, it's overwhelming the house, and um, I've spent some time putting some order into it, and um, realised that I've just got an absolutely priceless collection of handwritten correspondence. Um, and I just started to think, well, it would be really good to share the artworks I've done about all this material with a wider audience. Why is it called Motukaha Post Office? It looks out onto this very small and rather beautiful little island that's about 150 metres offshore from Church Bay. And that island has got a lot of historical resonance with our pre-contact history. And um, my work sort of looks out on it. And, um, you know, it was obvious what my post office was going to be called. And... Below the long Motokaha post office sign, all done in as authentic official post office font and colour that I can get to without copyright issues. Is that beautiful, bright, bright red? It's un- unmistakable. Well, yeah, it's called Kaitaia Red, actually, <laughs> according to the colour charts. And um, I spent most of the summer doing the whole facade, which includes 60 private post boxes. So beneath the signage, I have faithfully rendered, in a fairly official-looking way, 60 different post boxes. And instead of them being numbered, as they are in the wall of post boxes you see outside um, post offices, I've um, named mine with the nicknames of people who I've known over a long period of time here, 50 years, and other coined names, names of odd places on the island that only surfers would know, for example. My eldest son and grandson are big-time surfers, so 
there's a reef they go to called Axe Handle, so that's got a postbox number. Um, what about the marmite box. tree? I see that's one of them. Yeah, the marmite tree is actually, I can see it from here. The marmite tree is a, is a 400, it's between 400 and 500 years old, and it's a puticala tree that is right on my boundary. It virtually, the house is shaded by this magnificent tree. But it wasn't until about a decade ago I asked my um, youngest daughter why she called it the marmite tree. And when she told me, I was so staggered with what was coded into that naming. They would go up there and they would all, all squat around the part of the tree where all the limbs came came together. And it was like a, like a little amphitheater. Like a, there was a hollow where all the um, stamen from Putakawa flowers would would drop. And over time was rain, etc. That they would be reduced to this black paste-like substance. And so when all the girls went up to the tree, they would squat around it and they would each get a leaf and a little stick and they would butter each leaf with this paste and pretend altogether to be eating it. And this was their code that they had left behind the ordinary world of, you know, that they lived in, and they were entering into their fantasy world. They could become whoever they liked in their fantasy games after they had pretended to eat that marmite. That's such a sweet story, but you've also got next to it Marxist HQ and Menthol Gym, which I'm slightly <laughs> more worried about. Both of, those, both of those places were real. Waiheke Island was quite a politicised place. And of course, you know, when I first came here during the 1970s, it was, you know, a big alternative community uh, lived here for that virtually that whole decade. And um, I had my kilns and uh, I was working with clay at that time and, I, and my kilns and workshop and I housed many people uh, during that time and some of them were bona fide Marxists, <laughs> anarchists, as well as being artists, etc. So um, Menthol Jim was a man who smoked menthol cigarettes and he was a local man and um, many of those people I've named were neighbours of mine. Many of them were in my street, which seemed to attract eccentrics of one sort or another uh, who wanted to find a sanctuary away from suburban conservative New Zealand, 1960s and 70s. So um, many of them are the nicknames of people I know. I have coined some in such a way that I think anyone will be able to recognise somebody in their whanau or their wider group of the wider world whom this nickname might be appropriate. (laughs) So I've had a lot of fun honouring people who normally won't get honoured, you know. They don't appear in any histories, some of these people. Um, they will never be on any, any New Year's honours list or anything like that. They, the, Many of them have gone now, and this is my way of um, honouring their you know, singular lives, etc. So, um, I've had a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> You've certainly got some well-known names in the images that you're going to have in the inside of the post office. We, we touched right. on this before, but... I mean, one of the images that we have on the web page is of the paint to ah. Goldie's witness to the burning of the Rocky Bay store. Oh, you've got that one. Uh-huh. That's one of my, what I, a little group I call um, historical reveries, where I mix up time sequences. So um, the burning of the, of the Rocky Bay store was an act of arson that uh, happened about 20 years ago. And the Rocky Bay store was essential to all those people that lived in Rocky Bay. You know, when I, I briefly had a house there myself and there was no bus service there. So uh, the Rocky Bay store was the lifeline for food to have an alcohol license as well and a post office. 
but that was burnt down about 20 years ago. It had been abandoned by its owner um, for quite some time and become quite derelict. But when there was a lot of publicity around the burning of that store, uh, it was said that um, the Goldie family were previous owners of that property before the store was built. So I imagined um, Goldie out in the bay in a dinghy painting the store as it burnt with all the reflections in the bay and the water, almost calling up Turner's paintings of the burnings of Parliament House reflected in the River Thames, you know. So a lot of my work gets very layered in terms of the coded uh, ideas and um, uh, the theatre of the work, and that's a particularly good example of that. What other sort of works will we see inside um, I've done. Um, I've honoured some. I think New Zealanders who have contributed to the culture, who people won't know that they actually lived on my hickey at some point. Like Janet Frame, for example, wrote her first novel here, *State of Siege*. Um, and I actually went into the archives and researched quite a bit of the correspondence that she wrote from here to um, Charles Brush and. Uh, who was the editor of Landfall at that time. I've honoured notable artists and writers like Janet, like um, Sam Hunt, the poet, Warwick Broadhead, the performance artist, theatre legend. He was a very good friend of mine who died uh, four years ago. I've, I've honoured him. Uh, Gordon Brown, who wrote um, Conor McCann's biography here. Francis Hodgkin's brother, Percy Hodgkin's, was early earlier on, again, like in the... 40s, he built a little mud house here, and he was, you know, a poet and a writer himself, Percy Hodgkins. So I've, I've honoured some notable uh, presences who lived on the island, um, musicians particularly as well. So, you know, it's been, you know, a good occasion to bring all these images together inside a structure, almost like a DIY museum, you know. They aren't the original works, all the originals were done on slate. Um, and I do a lot of work on recycled slate that I get, you know, from demolition yards, etc. So um, all those original works are actually in collections on the island. So this was an occasion where I could do a one of one, one of one copy, digital copy, and have it printed on core flute. So the entire inside of the post office will be wall to wall core flute panels with. Um, they're all um, bigger than the original, so I've had, I've had them printed sometimes four or five times the size. So really, it will be probably quite an overwhelming experience inside the post office itself. Dennis O'Connor, Waiheke Island's sculpture on the golf opens on the 4th of March.